Hi there, and welcome back once again to the Ag Lead Show. Hey, I'm your host, Sarah Beth Aubrey. And as you know, this is the place to be if you wanna talk about what we often don't wanna talk about in agriculture, the people side of the business, or those challenging conversations that we have when we're not really sure where they're gonna go, or that we try to avoid, or that we just aren't really sure we wanna get into, but we know there's a problem. You know me, I'm ready to go there, and I'm ready to help you all in agriculture speak your mind so that you can have an efficient, productive, and happy family and business life. So today we're going to take a slightly different approach to the conversation and we're not we're going to talk about something that's challenging for people that gets people feeling a little emotional that lets people feel a little afraid but is also still very much a business piece. Today we have a guest that is going to spend her time with us talking about grain marketing, a topic that's important, but also intimidating to many of you. So welcome my guest today, Brittany Wondercheck. Brittany, hello. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to talk to you. We've had a lot of fun prepping for this, everybody. Let me tell you a little bit about Brittany before we get into uh, what her content is. And I've, I've got her bio here. We've gotten to know each other a little bit, but you know, just kind of read some notes. So Brittany is the founder of farm girl next door. She's going to tell you about that in just a couple of minutes. But basically what she has done is pretty cool. You guys, she has built an online platform. Her mission, help farmers, help women in ag, help ag professionals, agribusiness people better understand the fundamentals of grain marketing and not just understand it on a, on a how to do it basis, but really frankly, get comfortable with it and get over this sense of overwhelm and lack of confidence. So she's built an online platform. She has courses. She also uses her blog and her social media to promote her message of understanding marketing and feeling comfortable with it. So Brittany, again, welcome. And tell us a little bit more about Farm Girl Next Door. So Farm Girl Next Door, I actually started it back after I was working in grain marketing and merchandising for a large grain company. So I was working on farm with farmers and I saw a lot of farmers not want to admit when they didn't understand certain things like basis or different cash contract types. And they frankly were intimidated, like you mentioned in the intro. But the thing about it is when I'm working for a grain company, it's really tough to want to ask someone who's either a broker or working at a large company those kind of questions because you don't want to admit that you're unsure or unclear on exactly what those terms mean. So at that point, I saw an opportunity to give someone an unbiased source to ask those types of questions, break down that intimidation factor and help them feel more comfortable and confident with the basics. Because if you go out there and look online, there's tons of information on grain marketing, but A, it tends to be pretty dry and a little boring. So it's challenging to actually go look up some of those things and feel like you're gaining any knowledge because some of it also requires you to have a baseline understanding. So they assume that you understand certain basic terms and that can be challenging as well. A lot of those things just add up and pile up in ways that make it hard for people to understand grain marketing. So my goal with Farm Girl Next Door was to make sure that I didn't assume anyone had a baseline understanding of grain marketing. And the goal is to give education on the fundamentals to help people feel comfortable and confident around it, even if they've never marketed a bushel of grain in their life. 
meeting people at the place that they are in grain marketing, especially those that are just trying to get their feet wet in it. That's farm wives, if maybe they've been in the conversation, but never really made the sales or still feel intimidated when they have those conversations. Ag professionals as well. So if you've ever worked with farmers, they love to talk about the grain markets. And as an ag professional myself, getting right out of college, when I wasn't quite ready to be in the grain marketing space, it was often intimidating when a farmer would ask me my perspective on the market or their local cash market and talk about basis. You kind of quickly want to change the subject because it's a little (laughs) over your head. Um, So this is also for ag professionals, just it provides you a lot of credibility to have a foundational baseline knowledge of grain marketing. So your course, basically, it's like the no judgment land of grain marketing. So you come to this class, it doesn't matter if you know absolutely nothing. You can start with you. What other ways can people interface with you to begin learning in your no judgment zone? So my blog, I have a ton of articles that explain things like what is an HTA contract? What is basis? Very, you know, basic level understanding. So you can pick the topics that you want to learn about and search the blog, find a quick article on that. Another thing that people really love are my Market Fact Monday videos. So they're a quick one minute video every Monday I do them. And they're either about a relevant topic in marketing at that point in time. So if there's a report coming up, I always like to mention that because it can be hard to keep up with what reports are coming out and when. I'll also highlight some different things that are on the blog, but it again is all focused on grain marketing fundamentals. The blog is the great place to get started with you and to just get started on your learning journey around this issue. Let's back up a second because I'm with you. You know, I grew up on a farm. I'm sure that you probably did as well. And I, my first job was in ag sales. And even though I'd heard dad and grandpa and everybody talk about the markets every day at noon, you know, they were pulling their hair out, complaining about the noon markets back in when we watched TV at noon and they came in for lunch, you know. But when I started my first job in ag sales, I realized I had a sort of a colloquial understanding of it. But to actually engage in a toe-to-toe business conversation, I was not there. Where do you find that people are most overwhelmed when it comes to just getting into knowledge and understanding about the grain markets in general. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the same thing growing up at noon. My dad would be wherever we were in a car, I would be talking to him or something and he would immediately make me stop because at noon the markets came on the radio. (laughs) So yeah, you get used to that, but you never really get explained how they make decisions or, you know, what they're even listening to on those markets at noon. As a farm kid, either coming back to run the farm, that also is overwhelming. You're taught how to run equipment, some things on the agronomy side, because that's truly what farmers love. But on the grade marketing and business operation side of things, that's not typically what you learn at growing up on a farm. So I think the biggest piece that's hard for people is just finding where to go. So you can take some college courses. And like you said, you'll have a colloquial understanding, but you won't have that boots on the ground understanding of how do I make a decision day to day? So I think it is just really finding the resource to go to that can answer your questions. And right now there's, you know, the CME has some good stuff out of universities. There's different great articles there too but it doesn't all bring it together and give you just one place to go to find that 
boots on the ground understanding of grain marketing that you need. So that was really where Farm Girl Next Door was trying to fill a void. I totally agree. Resources abound, but they're so technical. And if you don't already, you know, if you're not already to that level of technical expertise, at least at the minimum, you're just, you know, you're reading, you know, you're reading Greek, as they say. I mean, just, it's not something that you can quite understand. So I'm curious also about your, the name that you chose. So you have a, remind me again, you've got a background in this work that you did professionally for a couple of years for a major supplier or buyer, I guess I should say. And then how'd you come up with, how'd you transition out of that job, start this and come up with your name? So Farm Girl Next Door is meant to be approachable and like you're talking to your neighbor. So I grew up on a farm and then yes, I started out of college into the grain marketing space later worked for an ag tech company and risk management software. So I helped build software for them. And then I am now living back on a farm with my husband in Northeast Nebraska. So we grow corn and soybeans. So really I am making these decisions on the day-to-day basis with my husband as well. So Farm Girl Next Door was meant to really, again, be an approachable name and like, you know me. So um, whether it's your neighbor you're talking to or me, it should be a very similar conversation because I know what you're up against on a day-to-day basis with our operation and the grain marketing decisions that we're making. So when you feel like you're on a roller coaster with the grain markets, I'm also feeling that. <laughs> that is awesome. So you truly are the farm girl next door. You, you got to tell us, and it's just us listeners here. Are you the only, are, I mean, do you just basically tell your husband, like, this is what we're doing and he goes or or do you have a dialogue, but you're kind of the lead? And along with that, what do you rem- what do you recommend for couples around that discussion? Great question. So I'll start with back when I was growing up. So growing up, I watched my mom take part in all of the conversations. My dad was usually the one that ended up picking up the phone and making the call. But I did watch frustration a few different times, which led to my mom getting bushels that she manages on her own. So they each kind of compete in the end who can sell it better that year. So my mom's more conservative. She follows through with a plan. If she's looking for a certain price, the market gets there, she executes. My dad, on the other hand, loves to take risk. So he, if it reaches the price level he was originally thinking, he gets really optimistic, bulls up, and then waits. So <laughs> it's really funny to watch that. Um, but I was used to seeing my mom really be a part of those decisions. So then when I started working for the grain company I was at, I would step on farms and almost every meeting, the wives were involved. And that just, I mean, it blew my mind. I wanted them to be in those meetings. I wanted them to feel comfortable, you know, taking part in that. So that was also a big driving force for me to help farm wives understand grain marketing because it just isn't the norm in a lot of cases. And growing up, I thought it was more of the norm, um, but you just, as you work in the field, you learn, you know, what other operations do. So now with Dan and I, we talk through all of the decisions. So he never sells grain without asking me what I think. I try to build a grain marketing plan um, that we follow, but we make changes to that constantly. So as the market factors change like this year, we have adjusted that. And that's really what you should do with a marketing plan. It shouldn't be a concrete thing that never gets readjusted or reevaluated. 
So we do work off of that and I track all of our cash sales, but at the end of the day, he usually calls the elevator because he has those relationships already, but we talk through all of our marketing decisions together. Thank you so much for sharing that background, your story. So, okay. Yeah. He calls them, but basically they're like, so what's Brittany want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it is funny because he talks to our broker and he talks to our elevators, but Prior to that conversation over the phone, it's always an internal conversation between the two of us. I love that. And I think that's really, you had a great experience and a great role model in your mom taking that active role versus what I definitely see is a lot of women, and maybe it's generational. I think we should recognize that some too, that took a more of a backseat role, even if they had an opinion. You know, I think about my mom, and I'm sure she'll listen to this podcast because she's a big follower of my work, you know. If you ever see Anne liking any of my posts, that's mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> and we appreciate her. But you know, she was more of that she backseat role style. But I know in talking with her, she had a lot a strong opinion and didn't always agree with dad, <laughs> but he just, you know, wasn't ready to put that out there. I'm curious, you are obviously a younger professional as 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 ag goes. What are you seeing in terms of shift of women's involvement in general in the ag or agribusiness space in marketing? I think it is slightly, or people are more open to letting their wives in on making those decisions, like you mentioned. But I still think that there's that intimidation factor that has to be crossed because let's be honest, our husbands usually aren't the best teachers. So if they do end up taking a role in marketing, I think it's because their husbands have helped them learn um, in most cases, or if they went to school for an ag-related profession and they learned some grain marketing, that also helps drive them to be a part of those conversations too and feel more comfortable doing it. So I do think that there will definitely be a shift with more women in ag professions that have grain marketing as part of a curriculum in college. And then hopefully if they take my course, they also <laughs> start getting some of that um, intimidation lessened and ready to take part in those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, part of it's a cultural shift, I think, that we're seeing in agriculture because we're already seeing more women graduate with ag degrees than men at some of our largest um, land grant and other, you know, ag-based colleges and, and programs and universities. So to me, the shift in women having their own set of unique background in the marketing or anything in the agribusiness space, the finances, the economics, you know, some global perspective, that seems to be shifting. But I want to move into talking about training now, like I said, I think part of it is what you started to talk about. You've got to take that on for yourself. I mean, you've, you've got to take a role in your own education. How do you feel about that? And how did you take a role in your own education on this topic before you got into teaching other people? When I took a role in my own education, I mean, I did a ton of just reading and researching. So I started following a lot of ag news sites and blogs, and I signed up for a lot of newsletters to just really immerse myself in learning about the market in general. So then when I would read some of those things, there might be a word that stuck out to me that I wasn't quite sure I knew the exact definition of. So then I would go out and search for that. So it did take a lot of time um, to go research and look for those things. But that I took on myself and a big piece of understanding anything in ag, I think does come from that. A lot of reading, um, 
the new sources to just get a feel for the overall market and what's happening, whether it's grain marketing or just generally, maybe it's agronomy or a change in technology you can use on your farm. So that is definitely what I started with. Well, I can absolutely feel that. My first job was an ag chem sales rep and my dad had also worked at a fertilizer plant. So kind of like the, you know, the farming and the grain marketing, I had that colloquial understanding of it, but boy, when I got there, they, and I'm sure your program where, when you worked with the, you know, with the buyer, they had training, but it just, I don't, I didn't, maybe it's part of me being that must add value that women feel a lot in our industry. I literally did not feel like I got enough training and I know they had training programs. I went to them, but I can totally recall, like you just said, I would get those, the big books that had all of the chemical compound and all of the information. And we used to have to carry those around. This was 20 years ago. And I read those darn things. It was so boring, but I would read them and highlight them like I was in college still. I guess it just speaks to that point of if you want to get out of overwhelm, if you want to feel comfortable and well-versed, you've got to seek out the opportunities to learn on your own. They may not be provided or what might be provided may not be to the level you want to be. Yes. Yeah, that is a great point on just corporate level training in general. You know, a lot of it is hands on. So you have to be ready to ask the questions because everyone's coming into that position from a different level of understanding, depending on either the job you had previously or your education. And so I remember sitting down at the grain company I worked at and just wanting to understand puts and calls and how a merchandiser was a basis trader, what that meant. And I spent the first couple of months just going and asking different people to explain that to me just so that I knew for sure. So if a farmer were to ask me how a contract, how the pricing mechanism worked, I wanted to understand the background to that, not just this is how it ends up, but actually the mechanics behind it. So it does take the initiation from yourself to go out, ask those questions, find the learning that you're looking for. You, you really do, because if you don't, you're always going to feel either intimidated and, and stand back and limit yourself professionally, or you're going to rely on somebody else. And, and frankly, what I found out was once I started to study, and this has been across my career, I don't care what I was in. I did a grant writing company for several years in agriculture, and I sold that. And I didn't know anything about grants, but I went and met the USDA people. And, and what I realized was that I became more knowledgeable about some of the programs than some of their people, because I spent so much of my own time investing in myself to better deliver for my customers. Before we talk about programs and just how they can go about learning with you, can you help me understand what are, is there even a top five, maybe it's a top 10, maybe it's top four, things that if you could understand these four fundamental things, take the time and understand these four fundamental things, you're going to be well off. You know, you mentioned puts and calls, what got me thinking about it. What are those top whatever uh, things that you should endeavor to try to get the basics down? Puts and calls are one that I get a lot, but I would not include in my top four things to understand just because I think what people discount a lot about grain marketing is how much you can improve your marketing if you just understand the cash grain side. Leave features and options out of it. There are so many ways to improve your cash grain marketing. So one of those things that I think you absolutely have to understand is basis and how you can manage that. 
you don't have to set basis futures at the same time on a cash contract. There are different cash contracting options that allow you to manage both individually. So you could set futures on an HTA contract and set basis later. So I think understanding second, a cash bid and how those components all relate to one another, how the futures market plays a role in your cash bid, how basis plays a role in your cash bid, that is definitely important. And then understanding those cash contracting options. So as I mentioned, you can put futures and puts aside for a second and really understand what options you have with your grain elevator first. Because I think just the education on that is very important. They are offering now a lot of different contracts, different pricing mechanisms in the background that utilize actually futures and options to establish the price on the contract. So if you understand those and take the time to understand them, that is also a huge benefit. Fourth is understanding how to do a grain marketing plan. A lot of people start getting overwhelmed when I say a plan, because as I'm sure you're familiar with, it's just that whole sitting down aspect and actually writing it down that people just don't do, myself included. I, I definitely struggle with doing that, but the plan can be as simple as establishing what price targets you're looking for. It doesn't have to be extravagant or in a big complex spreadsheet, a basic plan so that when the price hits a level, you know that was one of your targets, you know it's a profitable level so that it takes out some of the emotion in the selling decision. So those would be my top four. That's awesome. So, okay, everybody, Brittany's top four, know these things before you move forward. Understand your basis, understand the cash bid, understand your cash contracting options at your elevator and make a grain marketing plan, even a simple plan of where you're going to make your next decision, what number you wanna make that decision at and adjust that plan accordingly. Did I capture those? Yeah, you're a great oh, listener. Woohoo! Let's talk about the, what you do from a training standpoint that I can get that information if I take the course. Yes, so Cash Grain Marketing 101, it starts out with what is grain marketing. So as I said, you don't have to feel like you need to have any prior grain marketing knowledge to take this course. This is to build the foundation. So we start out with that. We jump into understanding a cash bid and all the components. So as I mentioned in number two, you need to understand futures, basis, cash bid, how to read a cash bid sheet and how to read a futures quote. So if you go to a bar chart or a CME, you know what those symbols mean and all of those components. Then we talk through how to track cash bids. So I have a spreadsheet template built out for that too, which gets people familiar with their local market because when you're first familiarizing yourself with grain marketing, you need to understand which locations you have available to you in your area, what their typical basis level is, um, where their bids are. You can start to see seasonal trends if you track long enough. And then in the end, we bring it all together and talk more about the decision-making process. So how do you determine when to sell, what price to target, what is incremental selling, and then what are those cash contracting options that you should be aware of? So this all includes some worksheets and things like that as well, but it really is to establish your knowledge of those top four or five things. That is awesome. So Cash Grain Marketing 101, that's the name of the class, 
And this is delivered 100% online. About how long would it take me to go through the class? Look, tell me a little bit more about it for, for the listeners. So I initially launched it back in December, and then I'll launch it again February 19th through the 23rd. And it is three modules. If you follow the suggested schedule, but it's all online and ready to roll. So you could take it in a day if you wanted to. It's not overwhelming at all. So each lesson is under 10 minutes long. And if you take three weeks and an hour or less a week, you will get through it in three weeks. So each module should take under an hour a week. Again, you could sit down. I've had some people in December take it within a couple of days. It just depends on your schedule, but it is self-paced. So you could take a lesson here or there or sit down and take do a whole module in a day. Perfect. Okay. So three modules, just crank it out in a, in a day or use your recommended schedule of an hour a week and, and get through this. So and you are, is it closed right now and then it reopens in February? How does that work? Yes, it does. So I'll launch it and have a window for people to enroll, which is from the 19th through the 23rd. So then the cart will close on the 23rd and then another launch probably next December will occur to sign up for it again. But the goal with that is that there will be two live Zoom sessions within this session. So starting everyone in around the same place helps to have questions answered. So if you follow that suggested schedule, one of the Zooms falls within the middle of the course and then the last one is at the end. So even though it is self-paced and you can take it on your own time, there are always questions that pop up. So those Zoom meetings are there to have me there live to ask any questions and then meet the other course participants. So you can meet the farm girl next door if you sign up for the classes and take them, Brittany's there. I love this. So the 19th through the 23rd, you can get Cash Grain Marketing 101 and get in the program. And do you mind sharing the price for us? Sure. It is 199 and that gets you access for a year. So gotcha. you can okay. at any time or refer back to it within that year. So you don't, you can take it again and, or refer back and so you kind of got a notebook for that. That's awesome. As, as you all have heard me say on the podcast a few times, and Brittany and I have talked, this is the season for courses. And so Brittany's course is going to provide you that. And as she knows, we're also doing a course. I've got the Ag Lead sign behind me. And our courses are, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. And I'm curious to ask you, I know why I started Ag Lead U and our courses on management and leadership skills, which is what, what I do. But why start with a course? I mean, for me, it was access. It's convenient modern training. It's that just what you said, you get access for it. And if you want to come back, you can come back. But for you, besides doing a, you know, a series of webinars or whatever, like why'd you hit on the course and, and how do you feel like the course best serves our audience? Yeah. So with the course, what I saw even missing in my own blog was a step-by-step -step process to understanding some of these things. So yeah really bringing it all together, similar to having to go to several different resources online to understand different concepts you're trying to learn, and even searching for different blog articles on certain topics. I think a framework is very important and really helps people solidify different concepts in an order that makes sense. So starting it out from what is grain marketing all the way down to what are my cash contracting options, what's an HTA, what's a basis contract, I think just helps people 
get it in their minds in that order. And I also wanted to provide resources. So I have quizzes throughout that help solidify some of those concepts, different resource guides, that spreadsheet template. So I wanted a way to be able to give those resources to people in a way that makes sense um, logically in a specific order. That makes so much sense. I felt the same way as I started looking at creating courses. You know, I speak live a lot. That's changed obviously in the last year, but the your word that I loved in that discussion was process. We both know that whether it's about brain marketing or about professional development, there is a lot of other resources out there. The problem is there's no clearinghouse and it's the searching where people I have found just don't go forward with training themselves because they're out there hunting and pecking where do I find it? What, but it's not in a laid out in a plan. It doesn't give me an action plan to go forward with a new set of skills. And I literally, I get my new skills, I try them on and I go out. And I think the process, your word was great. And that's been my thinking as well. Put this in a place that's, it's convenient, it's accessible, and it, and it builds a, a, a certain skill set. And then they can build on it later as well. You know, there's a, there's a new basis now after they take the course. Yes, absolutely. So we have a little surprise for everybody. Brittany and I have decided to create a course together and I'm so excited about it, but we don't have the exact name. We don't have all the modules figured out and that's all we can tell you. So we're just having fun with this surprise, but I wanted to share that because we realize that there's a lot of parallels between the management and the business side and the grain marketing side. And to have them exist in silos, to use a grain word, is stupid. So we didn't see a course by people like us, real people that work directly with farmers, not academics, that was actually you know, putting those two together to run side by side. So I'm, we're going to debut this in, I think, June so that you all can have this program into the July, August pre-harvest pre season. And you know, we're going to be talking from my desk about strategy how to build a business plan that works, and then getting with Brittany just on some of her points in cash grain marketing, but how they work together in concert with your entire business. So I think like with those business management decisions, the decision-making process in grain marketing really should be a full business decision. Understanding your cost of production is huge. So I know in this course, I definitely want to touch on that because that drives so many business decisions, whether it's on the marketing side, input purchases, maybe renting a new piece of ground, um, cost of production is the beginning of a lot of that. So that's something that's not always talked about with grain marketing. And so I think as far as our course together, that will be a big driving factor um, with a lot of those business decisions. Yes, yes, it will. It, we're going to have a lot of fun putting that together for you all as you get out in the field and, and start putting that you know, seed in the ground. We'll be back here at our desks, tapping out this program for you to debut once that stuff is coming up and the sun is shining again and all of those lovely things that spring brings to us. So Brittany, I think that's about it for today for me. And let's just make sure people can get in touch with you. So share, we'll obviously put everybody, uh, Brittany's links will be in the show notes, but verbally, if you want to tell us a little bit about how to find you and, and how to get started with the course. So my blog can be found at farmgirlnextdoor.com. And then I'm very active on Instagram. You can see Farm Life and my Market Fact Monday videos. And that's at NE Farm Girl Next Door. And then on Twitter and Facebook as well as Farm Girl Next Door. 
Awesome. So you're on all the platforms. What's your fave right now? Instagram. That's definitely where I hang out the most. Yeah. I'm playing around with that a lot more too. Check out the show notes again, everybody, if you want to um, grab those locations where you can find Brittany. And again, it's Farm Girl Next Door. So with that, I think we're going to end up for today. I just want to thank Brittany again for being my guest here on the Ag Lead Show. And Brittany, I'm excited to develop that course with you. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Sarah. All right. Bye, everybody.